Hello, 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 Miami Dolphin fans. Welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. And here we are to talk about another Miami Dolphins regular season football game. And to the surprise of probably none of you, the Miami Dolphins have dropped to 0-3 following a 31-6 defeat at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. And this was a game, Brain, where for a little while... It really felt like this was a team that was making some progress. They were competitive in the first half. Josh Rosen got the start, and I thought he he looked pretty good for a little while. I mean, I wouldn't say that he, he looked great, but it there certainly seemed to be a crispness to the offense that there hadn't been previously. And the biggest thing was that they showed that they were able to move the ball. Now, there were a lot of negatives that I'm sure we're going to come to as well, but I mean, I think my biggest my biggest overall takeaway from this game is that there was progress. I mean, it wasn't a lot of progress; it wasn't huge steps forward, but there was certainly there was certainly evidence that this team moved forward at least a little bit in this game. Uh, I think it really all started to fall apart when Jesse Davis, of all people, left the game with an injury, and then they had to move Michael Dieter around, and then the sort of, uh, from there, the offensive line started to collapse, but for the first part of the game, you were getting good protection for Josh, Josh Rosen, the offense seemed to be clicking a little bit, and they were able to move the ball, and in fact, if it wasn't for the fact that Jason Sanders missed the field goal, the Miami Dolphins would have had their first lead of the season in this game. Turns out Sanders misses the field goal. The Dolphins fall behind 10-0. They they fought back. They got it to 10-6. And and quite frankly, if it wasn't for a Kenyon Drake fumble deep in the red zone, perhaps the Dolphins take the lead into halftime. Uh, Then again, they didn't do it. It didn't happen. And woulda, coulda, shoulda, didn't is, is, you know, how it goes. But there was certainly some improvement in this game. So, Brain, what what were sort of your top line takeaways from this week three loss at the Cowboys. Yeah, look, I I don't want to say that there wasn't progress because it's true. In the first half of that game, from strictly a yard standpoint, uh, the Dolphins were the better team. I I thought production-wise, everywhere except for the scoreboard, which obviously is where it matters most, but we we outgained them. And this this is coming from a team that had been outgained by over 600 yards through the first two games. So it was no small feat that we had outgained the Cowboys going into the half, you know, going into halftime. Um, and, and the truth is, we should have had the lead at halftime. Um, we left at least 10 points out there in the first half. Uh, you've got the missed field goal, a 47 yarder. Look, it's not a, it's not a chip shot, but within 50 yards, you're expected to make that. Uh, Preston Williams dropping a touchdown pass. Yes, the defender got his hand in there and, you know, pushed the ball out. But Preston Williams has to maintain that. Now, 
we could sit here and we could talk about, well, what if Brian Flores would have, uh, you know, challenged that call? Would that have possibly been overturned? It probably would not have been overturned, but I think that's pretty, I think that's a, a blind spot right there and a rookie coaching mistake of Brian Flores to not at least try to challenge that because really, what have you got to lose? You're going to lose a timeout in the first half or a challenge. And and you're talking about potentially a touchdown that's going to give you the lead. Uh, so I thought, well, I guess at that point it would have tied the game. But between the missed field goal, that drop touchdown pass, which then leads to another field goal. So that's four fewer points on the board, assuming you make the extra point, plus the, the three that you missed with the field goal. That's seven. And then Kenyon Drake fumbles the ball inside the five-yard line on, I believe it was a first and goal. So there's a chance you're going to score a touchdown there, but at the very least, you have to assume we're coming away with three points. So you left at least 10 points on the board and quite possibly 17 points or uh, 14 points total on the board in just the first half. And you went into the locker room down 10 to six. So you, you very easily could have gone into the locker room with a 20 to 10 lead in this game. That's how much the dolphins both outplayed the Cowboys and really blew opportunities. And that doesn't even account for the onside kick that we recovered when there was an offsides, which I thought was kind of questionable. It looked like it was maybe maybe uh, the defensive back who ended up making the, the recovery. He uh, kind of moved, but he didn't seem like he made any kind of step to go offside. So I thought that was kind of questionable, but nonetheless, that's a huge mistake. That's essentially a turnover right there because we had gotten the ball back. We had recovered it on the surprise onside kick. So things like that, uh, they're, they're concerning, but by and large, you have to look at that first half and you say, Hey, this is easily the best half of football. This team has played this season. And then the second half happened. And that second half was as bad as any half that this team has played all year. Um, the, The defense could not stop anything. And the offense got absolutely nothing going. It was completely anemic. At one point, in the in the second half, we were being outgained something like 270 to 27. It was just it, it it was brutal. And I that was pretty much with like half of the half of the fourth quarter to go. So I don't I don't want to overstate any kind of progress because truth be told, look, the offense did better in the first half, but the defense was giving up big plays and big chunks of yardage the whole first half. And how much of it was just the Cowboys kind of getting in their own way. Dak Prescott making a a really ill-advised downfield throw that gets intercepted. And then a couple, I mean, there were a couple of decent, you know, third down stops, I guess, for the Dolphins defense, but aided by, by penalties, uh, by the Cowboys. And once the Cowboys cleaned those things up, they completely had their way. And one thing that has to be very concerning is the fact that we don't seem to be 
getting better in the second half of games. In fact, we seem to be doing a lot worse in the second half of games to the tune of we have now been outscored 68 to nothing in in the second halves of these first three football games. So that's concerning. But but even more concerning is what is this season supposed to be about? This season is supposed to be about laying the foundation, aside from tanking. If it's all about tanking, then, you know, great. We lost. We're we're still in line to get the number one pick. That's great. But it's supposed to be about laying the foundation and identifying the players that are going to be here long term and are going to be part of winning and building a winning team, a, a championship caliber team. And a lot of the guys that we're we're pegging as these guys, um, they didn't have great days. Uh, first off, we have not really seen much of an impact at all from our first round pick this year in Christian Wilkins. I won't say that he was terrible today, but he wasn't making an impact. Um, Xavier Howard, who is our biggest piece to, uh, of the puzzle at this point, he was getting schooled left and right by Amari Cooper. The, it looked like the game plan early was to shadow Amari Cooper with Xavier Howard. Great. We'll take away their number one receiver. Well, they went right at Xavier Howard and Howard had no answer. Uh, he, he was, he gave up, uh, a few big plays, including a touchdown pass to Amari Cooper. Um, it, it just seemed, and then to cap it all off, he gets himself ejected at the end of the game because he gets frustrated and he gets into a shoving match with the Cowboys number five receiver, uh, which is just a knucklehead move, uh, and just shows a lack of composure. And these are the things that you don't want that we're trying to weed out. And we certainly don't want that from our star players. But aside from Xavier and Howard, uh, the biggest problem is are these these wide receivers. These wide receiver our wide receivers cannot catch the ball. That's lit- your job as a wide receiver is to catch the ball and our wide receivers can't catch the ball. And okay, Preston Williams undrafted free agent. But yes, we've got high hopes for this guy and this is the second t- second time in 3 weeks that he's dropped a touchdown pass. And he's dropped other balls as well. Devontae Parker uh, had at least one or two drops in this game. Uh, But even more concerning than those two guys is the receiver that we just gave an extension to. Because we're trying to be tight with our money. Because we're not trying to give out these big contracts. Which is, you know, that's everything that was so terrible about the previous regime was we, we spent our money frivolously. We gave away these exorbitant contracts to guys that didn't deserve them and they underperformed based on their contract. Now, we did not give Jakeem Grant a huge contract. I think he's making $6 million a year annually. But we still kind of went out on a limb because this was a guy who has never been a really productive receiver. He's had a couple of good games. And other than that, he's had a good year or so of being a return man. But what we've seen in the first three weeks of this year is that he's had key drops in every game and he's now muffed two punts. So the one thing that he was supposed to do that was really elite was be a kick returner. He has not broken any kind of big kick return or punt return, and he's now muffed two punts, and we're trying to work him into the offense, but he can't seem to to catch the ball. So, look, I'm not going to say that it's a bad 
signing a bad extension, but at this point, it really has to come into question. I get that he's one of those guys that he's seen as a glue guy, and he works hard out there in practice, and he he's doing all the right things, but at the end of the day, you can't just be paying for guys to do the right thing and for guys to be leaders. You have to pay for production, and right now, he is not producing. Now, I'll leave all of that negative. Well, one other negative is that we, again, we got absolutely destroyed on the ground, giving up multiple 100-yard rushers. And how bad is the Dolphins' uh, defense right now, which was supposed to be the strength of the team and probably is the strength of the team, but the Dolphins have given up 624 yards rushing in three games. That's 208 yards rushing a game. And by carry, we've given up over, we're giving up 5.2 yards a carry through three games. That is not a small sample size. We, we have no run defense. And that is very concerning. Even last week, you know, I, I, I kind of said it coming in is that, look, the numbers wise, we didn't necessarily seem to have had a bad game defending the run against New England. Numbers-wise, we kept them under four yards per carry. But it seemed like anytime New England needed to pick up yards on the ground, they got it whenever they needed it. And the Cowboys did the same thing in this game. Huge rushing lanes for Ezekiel Elliott. Huge rushing lanes for Pollard, the rookie fourth-round pick. If we can't clean up the, the running game, you know, we're... The next guy that's supposed to be in line for an extension is, is Devon Godshaw. Well, I'm not saying that Devon Godshaw necessarily had a bad game either, but look, you, you spent a first round pick on Christian Wilkins. You, uh, you've got Devon Godshaw. You're talking about giving him an extension. Everybody's been talking up Jerome Baker and Raekwon McMillan all offseason. These guys are supposed to be building blocks and they're supposed to be able to stop the run. That's what, that's what we're supposed to be good at. Because we've got two key pieces on the defensive line and a couple of key pieces at linebacker, yet we're giving up over 200 yards a game on the ground. And it's not because they were on the field too long, because in this game, the Dolphins actually managed to to win the time of possession, at least in the first half of the game. There are still major, 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 major concerns with this entire roster, and I'm not entirely sold that if not for a couple of penalties or an ill-advised throw by the Cowboys, the Cowboys don't, and and they missed a field goal as well. I'm not certain that the Cowboys don't put up 40 points and become the third team in a row to put up 40 on this Dolphins defense. And this was, and this time we didn't even have to give them uh, the opposing team a touchdown with, with our offense. So uh, there's still a lot of concerns, but that's all the negative the one positive that I would say, aside from just in general, the offense moving the ball in the first half, is that I thought Josh Rosen showed some signs. There are just some throws that he can make that just make you feel like, yeah, he could be a starting quarterback in this league. But at the same time, there are throws that he misses. There are things that he does where, and, and there are just, there, there, there wasn't any kind of consistent flow where you're just like, at any point, you, you felt like, yeah, Josh Rosen has the look of a franchise quarterback. He showed signs. He showed progress. There were bright spots. But first week of real evaluation of Josh Rosen as a starting quarterback, 
I'd give his performance a, a C, maybe a C plus. It was a pretty good performance from Josh Rosen, particularly in the first half, as we mentioned. There was a scary moment fairly early on where he was hit in the head, where he had to go to the sideline for a little while Go, I thought maybe he was going to be in the concussion protocol. Luckily, he was able to shake that off and come back in and continue to play. And it was like you said, he's got the ability to make some incredible throws. He showed some good athleticism, his ability to get outside of the pocket and move around when things were falling apart around him. Like you said, a lot of a lot of positive signs, but there's also quite a bit of, of messiness. And, and I would think as long as we have sat here and, and we watched a guy like Ryan Tannehill, a quarterback for the Dolphins, you saw the ability of Ryan Tannehill every once in a while to make an incredible throw and to make a great play. And, and Josh Rosen, I'm not saying he looks exactly like Ryan Tannehill, but he's got the same sort of tendencies to do things right every once in a while and then to miss a really easy play. So it's it's still fairly early on, and I think overall it's a it's a largely positive first game uh, for Josh Rosen at the helm. But uh, yeah, I certainly wouldn't say that he looked great or that he looked like somebody that was going to be a franchise quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Um, Brain, let's talk about this decision in the first half where, where Preston Williams uh, looks like he's caught a touchdown pass. Dallas breaks it up. And it ends up being an incomplete pass. And I think uh, upon looking at the review, I don't know that there's any way that the Dolphins actually end up getting this call in their favor. But it was one of those that was close. And it's a potential touchdown. Did it bother you at all that Brian Flores decided not to challenge in that moment? It bothered me. And I had just a couple of, I had a couple of thoughts. My first thought was just, look, what have you got to lose? You got to challenge that. That's just that. That's a play that you challenge. And if they if they don't overturn it, whatever. We lose a timeout in the first half, and we lose a challenge. Uh, it's just it's it's just. But you're talking about a touchdown, and 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 for a team that has had so much pr- trouble putting points on the board, points are at a premium. You've got to take every opportunity you have to to get that touchdown you've got to get points on the board and so if you if you can get four extra points by by throwing a challenge flag and that that's just one of the times where you have to do it um my other thought was did he not throw the touchdown or did he not throw the the challenge flag my question is why didn't he throw the challenge flag and they might have two answers to that one could be that he just doesn't want Preston Williams to get credit for that touchdown because, listen, it is like 50-50. They ruled it an incomplete pass. I could challenge this, but I don't want you feeling good about that because at the end of the day, you dropped that and you should not have dropped it. If you hold on to that, it's a touchdown and we don't even have to worry about this mess. I don't know that that's it. The other thought was, look, we're not trying to win. That was, We're not, that was literally so, the thought it's that not, I had. It's literally not, you know, it's not necessarily tanking, but it's like, hey, if they're going to call it an incomplete pass, why am I going to challenge it and just hamper our ability to get the number one pick? Yeah, that's, I, I had that same thought. I said, well, you know, he's coaching not to win. <laughs> he's, he's, but if he, that's the case, 
I don't like that one bit. Yeah. And well, and he had said, he said over and over and over again. I don't think that's the case. He said over and over and over again that when he goes out there, he's coaching to win the game and everybody's playing to win the game. And I, and I hold him to that. I, I think it's one of those where he's probably got somebody who's looking at the tape, who's making that decision for him. And they just decided, you know what? We're never going to get this. So we're not going to challenge it. Yeah, I think that was the case. Um, but I, I don't know if, if that's if if it was somebody upstairs that looked at that and said there's no way that they're gonna overturn this, so you shouldn't throw the flag. Well, that person needs to be fired because that's absolutely a situation where you throw the flag. Look, you're there's no guarantee that you're gonna win it, but really what that play comes down to is whether or not they determine that his foot was down at the time that he established control. I I believe it was his right foot because once it appears that he definitely has control, he takes a step and then at the, and then his second step after that is when the ball comes out right away. And what they say is you got to have two feet down and make a football move. Well, if they determine that, that he ended up with total control before he made that that other step, then that second step is really a third step, which makes it a touchdown. And so while I've looked at the replay a few times and watching it in slow motion a few times, I agreed with what they said in the booth. And I agreed with, uh, Blandino who came on, who was there like officiating expert or whatever. Uh, and he, they basically said, look, this is just one of those plays where whatever they called it, as on the field, it was going to be difficult to overturn. But anything that's that close, when there's a touchdown involved, and you're the Dolphins and you're 0-2 and you haven't been able to score, you've got to throw that challenge flag. That that was sort of my feeling on that as well. They really should have done it. They didn't. And so that's one of those where you just put it in the back of your head and you go, okay, Brian Flores, I have that one I'm going to remember. Let's just just going to store that away and and perhaps there is more of that somewhere in the future or maybe it's just an an outlier, just a weird freak occurrence and you don't have to think about it again. Uh, But, you know, it was just a weird sort of conservative play from the head coach there. Um, anything else that you really took away from this game, Bryn? Uh, we, we talked about Rosen, and that was sort of the overwhelming positive. You touched on the the negative of just individual players making mistakes. Kenyon Drake fumbling in the red deep in the red zone. Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, uh, Jakeem Grant not failing to make catches. Uh, you know, when you're a receiver and that ball hits you in the hand, you got to make that catch. I mean, Devontae Parker could have had a touchdown, but ball just bounced right through his hands. It almost ended up as an interception. Um, it seems like it seems like there's a lot of individual mistakes being made, and like these are these seem to me like unforced errors, and that's the kind of thing that needs to get fixed. It's it's one thing if you're just completely overmatched, like our offensive line, you're just overmatched and there's only so much you can do. Uh, you know, maybe our defense is just being overmatched and there's just not a lot that they can do about it. But when it comes to individuals and their ability to not make unforced errors, that's something that you got to fix. Yeah, especially since that's been the the M.O., of this coaching staff of Brian Floyd, the whole takes no talent wall. These are the things that they need to clean up the mental mistakes, the unforced errors, the things that take no talent. 
And these are the things that are cropping up. Now, what I will say is that we, we did a better job again today of cleaning up the penalties. We did have one more penalty this week than we did last week, but the last two weeks, you know, in, in week one, it was terrible. Uh, I want to say we had nine or 10 penalties in, in week two, four penalties for 22 yards today, five penalties for 35 yards, not a lot of big mistakes penalty wise, aside from the offsides on the, on the onside kick, uh, which again, I thought was kind of a questionable call, uh, so I thought that was that was a little bit of a positive is that they do seem to be playing a little bit more disciplined football and I, and I want to give the offensive line a little bit of credit in this game because this was this was uh not an easy matchup for them. Uh you know, obviously Dallas doesn't blitz a ton, but they've got a very talented defensive line and Jesse Davis went out early in this game. And we had Michael Dieter playing at left tackle and poor Michael Dieter. Uh, look, he's just not going to be able to stop a, a speed rusher like Robert Quinn. And once, uh, Davis went out of the game, it was just, it was, it was feeding, it was feeding time. It was the defensive ends are going to pin their ears back. They're going to come after, uh, the quarterback because we, it, Jesse Davis is bad enough at stopping a speed rush. Michael Dieter, um, much better as an interior offensive lineman than a, than a, than a tackle, let alone a left tackle. Uh, he really struggled in that, uh, in that position. But as a whole, I thought while the game was in doubt for at least the, I mean, totally in the first half, I thought the offensive line did a pretty solid job. Not, not a great job. We're still not really creating many holes in the running game. And it's not like Josh Rosen had all day to throw back there, but he had enough time and we, he had enough time to make throws to where he was able to make them. And we were able to move the ball and get a few sustained drives. So I thought the offensive line showed a lot of progress in this game. So I thought that that was, uh, that might be the biggest positive, uh, you know, other than than Rosen uh, making a couple of good throws, because I don't know that we learned a whole lot about Rosen in this game. We know that he can make a couple of good throws, but I agree with you that the tan. I, I you said you're not comparing him to Tannehill. I'm going to straight up compare him to Tannehill. That was a very Tannehill esque performance. There were some plays that he made where he escaped pressure and he made a couple of great throws, and you said, "Wow!" and then he made some throws and you said, yeah, that's not that, you know, that reminds me of Ryan Tannehill. And then you come away from it and you're like, well, what did I just watch? He was, he was kind of good. He was kind of okay. And I'd say, well, yeah, that's Ryan Tannehill for seven years. Uh, so yeah, I don't know that we've learned much about Rosen. I, I think the biggest positive of the game might be that the offensive line played better. And that's not saying very much. Well, maybe it's not saying that much, but it's it's a, like we said, it's a step in the right direction. Any progress at all at this point is good progress for this team. And so I think that's that's important. Uh maybe it's not impressive yet, but it's progress and progress is good. Um I liked the fact that they kicked the onside kick. It was a sign of aggression that I kind of liked, you know 
one of those things where it's like, all right, okay, we're taking a little chance here. It's a, it's a flea flicker too. They had a flea flicker in there. They were they were you know really trying to make some things happen today. So I appreciated that they at least had the look of a team that was trying to compete. Maybe it was for show for the NFL's competition committee. Who knows? Either way, it it was there, and I appreciated it. Um, I think that's probably going to wrap us up here. Brain, you want to tell the people where they can find you? Can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. I am at Amplified to Rock on Twitter. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. And, uh, of course, we invite all of you to leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, we're not only available on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all over the place, Google Play, anywhere where you can get podcasts. You can find the same old Dolphin Show. And if for some reason we're not there, let us know, and we'll see if we can't uh, rectify that. Of course, every episode of the show is also available on DolphinsTalk.com. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins, so make sure that you are on DolphinsTalk.com every day for updated columns and opinion pieces. It's a, it's a really cool website, a nice community that we've got going over there on DolphinsTalk.com. So we hope that all of you are visiting that site every single day. We will be back later this week to preview the fourth game of the season. And it doesn't get much easier as the Dolphins will welcome the Los Angeles Chargers to Hard Rock Stadium. They'll welcome Phillip Rivers and Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen and the rest of the uh, crew that is formerly from San Diego, now from Los Angeles. But until then, take care of yourselves and each other. And we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking to my ball. Cause we're the